Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together. It really dawned on me that happiness was a state of doing versus a state of being. And then in order to be happy, you had to do happy, right? Because it's like like fingers in the air to don't worry, be happy, right? That's horseshit. That's like, what is that? But don't worry, do happy. There's something there, right? Because there are choices we can make. There's action steps we can take every single day to inch the happiness needle. And it occurred to me, and it wasn't like I had this epiphany aha moment and I woke up sunny, but it was like, hmm, Maybe there's something to this. What would it feel like to live a little differently, to, to be less miserable and angsty and negative and pessimistic all the time? And I, and I began to start to do happy. I'm on a journey to get better and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hey, Better Together fans. It's Better Together with Maria Menunos. Of course, I'm not Maria Menunos. I'm Mr. Maria Menunos. Kevin Undergaro here sitting in for my lovely and talented wife, along with the great Kelsey Alexandra Meyer. And you know what, Kelsey? What, Kev? 
Let's start with the quote of this day. Yes. If you live life looking for reasons to celebrate and have fun, you will find them. Mm. So I have a very dear friend who he's all about events. Oh, really? He's like events, events, events. He has a calendar of events for all friends and family. And it's like, so right after all the holiday events, the Christmas, then it's like all the spring events, golf tournaments, su- events. Awesome. And he's like, and he'll call me up and be like, guy, guy, I need more events. But I swear to God, like we do need things to look forward to. 100%. And I, uh, today we're going to have on uh, our friend, friend of the show and friend of ours in real life, Megan Murphy um, from Women's Day, former uh, editor of Good Housekeeping. Um when Megan's not dreaming up uses for shower caps, she can be, this is so Megan, she could be found over-decorating her home uh, and doing fun DIY projects with her three kids. Megan is the author of The Fully Charged Life and is a regular on TV shows like Live with Kelly today and, of course, Better Together. She's here today to discuss her new book and uh, help us all to find our yay and our endless energy. The Heel Squad and Better Together are so excited to welcome back our friend, Megan B. Murphy. Megan's also the chief spirit officer of her town. Do you still have that title, Megan? Yes, I yeah. am still the chief spirit officer of Westfield, a.k.a. Bestfield. Be- oh my God. Right? It's just, <laughs> Megan, you know, it's like, it's such a grinding time for us, our family here and the rest of the world. And I will say, like, I don't need caffeine with you. I just, <laughs> you just get my spirits up already just mm-hmm. talking to you, you're making me smile. Um, before I want to get into so much, you have so many interesting things you, you give us in the book to help us because I'm, I'm a proponent that if you are a positive person or you even behave in a positive way, you will get, you'll be enriched so much more, you'll have more, so much more enrichment and success just by making that choice. So one of the things I've seen that's been concerning is a, is there's a term out there called toxic positivity that a lot of wellness people are poo-pooing on. And um, I I understand by the definition why it can be toxic, but I just think of all the things we all need to work on in our life. I don't think being more positive is rates too high on them. Have you heard about this though, the toxic so positivity? Sure. This is, it's very nuanced. So what, what toxic positivity is, is, is living with blinders on, right? That's the Pollyanna effect. You know, my glasses are pink, but they're not rose colored, right? I don't just look on the bright side, I look on all the sides. And I think that's the key distinction. So toxic positivity is just like, nope, it's all rainbows and unicorns. There's no bad, there's no bad. No, positivity, prioritizing positivity and living a fully charged life means that you look on the bright side, you look on the dark side, but you choose to live on the bright side. Oh. You understand all the sides of the coin, but choose different. Choose sun. Right. So you're not being unrealistic, you know, like. No, right. Like I'm always going to give myself a second to sit with what sucks. Right. I, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I watch the news. I know what's bad, but guess what? It's really easy to find the bad. It's really easy to stay stuck in the bad. I'm going to always prioritize positivity and inch toward the light. Got it. Okay. That makes, see, done. All right. Interview over. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but uh, Okay. Here's what I found. We have a lot of, um, I feel like the Heel Squad, our show, is a lot of people who are either super positive or they were once positive and now they're just kind of beaten down mm-hmm. and they want to be positive again. 
I think for those people beaten down, I think it's a lot of the negative people around them and the negative forces around them who have beaten them down. So what I want to talk to you about, Megan, first is you've, I'm sure, well, there's something about your personality that the Kelsey's and I and probably the Heel Squad just adore. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want. But have you noticed there are people out there who really loathe your personality? Have you? Sure. S- right? Well, yeah, I've got haters and I high five them. But I think the most important thing to understand about me is I train to live this way. This is not who I am at my core. My nickname was Grumpy as a kid. Oh, wait. So, I'm- okay. So I want to get into that because that's so important. But the question I have is how do you deal with the because okay i don't want to how do i say this i'm sure at your jobs um i've just seen the the bright lights go into toxic work environments and it's like they the toxic people there they not they 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 hate you for it and i've known that's what i've seen and um and how do you deal with that and not get beaten down and become one of them but and it's tough because i'm also sensitive Correct, right? I, I, you know, I, I feel big. I love hard, all the things. And, and initially, you know, as a forty-five-year-old mother of three who's been through shit, that no longer crushes my soul. But what I tell my kids, and and the way I position it for myself is that, hey, listen, I love pizza. Pizza Friday is basically a national holiday in our house, it's right? We greatest. get very excited about pizza. Yes. You're not going to believe this, but some people don't like pizza, and they don't eat pizza on Fridays. Right. They don't celebrate Pizza Friday. But guess what? That doesn't mean pizza sucks. I want to cancel. I want to cancel them. Like See, now I want to cancel them. I'm, I want to be with the people of today. How do we cancel <laughs> people that don't like Pizza Fridays? But, I'm so in on Pizza Fridays. Right? But continue. Exactly. Continue. But that so that's my analogy to my kids, and that's how I understand it. Right? If that doesn't mean pizza sucks, it just means some people don't like it, and that's okay. Pizza's still great. Pizza's still delicious. Pizza is still a national holiday on Fridays in my house. Not everybody has to participate. Not everybody has to like it, but it doesn't mean pizza sucks. If you hate me, when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. doesn't mean I suck. It just means I'm not for you. And that's okay. I, my job here isn't to be for everyone. Yeah. Hashtag pizza. That is sometimes my mantra. Like in the face of a hater, pizza. 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 Right? Yeah, I'm into, I, yeah, yeah you, whatever you're, why, every reason you're against me is, it doesn't have, it's not to do with me. It's, 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 it's their thing. And and, here's the thing though. I will, I will sometimes look at, okay, why are they hating me? What are they hating on? Is there a lesson in that for me? Is there something that I could improve? And if the answer is no, okay, move on. 
But if there is something they're hating on, and maybe there's a grain of truth in that, that maybe that's just work for me to do. And that's also okay. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about you being nicknamed Grumpy, because I think we would like to think that being positive is a choice. The Sometimes I see people that it just seems like they're born that way. They're born positive, and no matter how bad it gets, they just come, God love them, they get up and they smile and try. Um, and then I've seen people just super negative, and no matter what, they're not able to break from that, it seems like. So tell me how you were able to transform and how someone else can transform. It, it's um, people who know me from when I was little can't fathom where I've come. And people who know me now can't fathom that's where I come from. Um, but my nickname was 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 grumpy. I was really, really a negative, pessimistic kid with really big emotions. Um, you know, I didn't want to go to Disney World. It would be hot. There'd be lines. I have a soccer game. I'm going to lose. I'll probably tear my ACL. Like everything sucks. And I had these big surges of emotion. And I wound up getting a raging eating disorder to try to quiet them. Right. I mean, I was I was a mess as a kid because my my negativity, my emotions, my anger, I couldn't process all of these big feelings. And so I became really good at anorexia and to the point where I passed out on the soccer field my junior year of high school, was rushed to the hospital, wound up in an eating disorder program. And my best friend and I were tandem anorexics. So we were both um, simultaneously, you know, starving ourselves, taking laxatives, exercising for hours, and our parents were friends. And so her parents decided to put her in the same eating disorder program. She called me um, before she was going to be en route to go to the program. And, you know, I'm like, it's not that bad. We're going to like, just get here. We'll get through it, whatever. Tragically, she jumped out of the car and died en route to the hospital program with me. Um, and I'm 16. I'm in a hospital with an eating disorder. And now oh. I've lost my best friends. The first real loss I've experienced in my young life. And I'm, I feel guilt. I feel overwhelm, extreme guilt. And so I wound up obviously healing a bit through therapy so that I was a functioning human again. Um, but I moved out of my house and moved out to, to live with my aunt and uncle because I couldn't go back to school. I couldn't face anyone. Right. Um, and it was there that I wrote a really powerful essay on overcoming adversity and what I had been through. And I became a Horatio Alger National Scholar and I was awarded $10,000. And then I was featured on a special on NBC and Don Johnson and Bob Costas were the pre presenters and Trisha Yearwood performed and I got a lot of national attention. And from that, um, I wound up launching my magazine career because why a magazine called and they were like, we want to tell your story. I'm like, I'll write it. I'd like to be an intern. I'll start on Monday. We're cool. Because at that point I was very fearless, right? I had been through the ringer and I had no fear in saying, and I'm going to start on Monday. And I did. Um, and it was in that moment that I learned that making your mess your message and living with your cab light on um, really opens your world up to so much magic. And so from there, I, I was, you know, now an intern at YM Magazine, ultimately a contributing editor at YM Magazine, um, went on to be one of the founding editors of Team People. And then I got a job at Cosmo. I was a senior editor at Cosmo in my 20s. And that's where the the kind of the foundation and the, the, the initial seeds of the fully charged life were planted. I was assigned to write a story called The Seven Secrets of Happiness. And I was like, okay, great. Rolled my eyes. Like, who wants to read this crap? Because I was a functioning human. I no longer had a raging eating disorder, but it wasn't like, I'm not the person you know today, right? Like I was mm -hmm. still sulky, moody, angsty, all the things. But in researching this story and sort of looking at the field of positive psychology for the first time, it really dawned on me that happiness was a state of doing versus a state of being. 
And then in order to be happy, you had to do happy, right? Because it's like, like fingers in the air to don't worry, be happy, right? That's horseshit. That's like, what is that? But don't worry, do happy. There's something there, right? Because there are choices we can make. There's action steps we can take every single day to inch the happiness needle. And it occurred to me, and it wasn't like I had this epiphany aha moment and I woke up sunny, but it was like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. What would it feel like to live a little differently, to, to be less miserable and angsty and negative and pessimistic all the time? And I, and I began to start to do happy. And then I wound up at Self Magazine where I was the, you know, the fitness director and the deputy editor and I was working on the self-challenge and helping hundreds of thousands of women reach their goals, their diet goals, their work. I've been a certified trainer for 17 years, um, helping them reach their soul goals and motivate them. And I really got a helper's high from that. I really enjoyed helping people live their best lives and, and be better, do better and be better together with, with you know, my role as the deputy editor of, of Self Magazine. Um, and that's when I started to really kind of use all of these tips and tricks and strategies on myself and really used myself as a guinea pig. Um, and I spent nine years there helping people reach their, their goals and it was incredible. Then of course, that's during self is my self formative years. It's where I got engaged and got married and had three kids. And so clearly then I went to good housekeeping the second I moved to the suburbs because my job always mirrors my life stage. Um, and that's when I got bitch slapped by life again. And that's when my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and gone in five months. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I know there was a very specific turning point for me. I went to him, I went to chemo with him and like, he's sitting in that green leather recliner getting pumped up with chemicals and he had stage four pancreatic cancer. Like it wasn't good. And we knew it wasn't good. And I said to him, I said, dad, I'm not giving up hope and I love you. And this is going to, I'm not sure how this is going to sit with you, but how do you want to be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? And, and we had this very powerful emotional conversation. He was very specific. He knew exactly how he wanted to leave this world, how he wanted to remember the difference he wanted to make. And in that same breath, and sometimes I get choked up when I talk about this, but I got to ask myself the same thing. What do you want your legacy to be? Positive energy. And you want, it's you funny. Want your... Some days I get choked up when I talk about it and some days I don't. But yeah, it was very clear to me why I'm here. Yeah. Very, very clear. And so then I had, I got to write this book. Yeah. I, it, like I, I'm still trying to close my jaw over your 16 year old best friend. Um, wow, Megan. I, I, you know, there's a book and I mean, there's many books and just uh, what all the stuff you just said. Um. Wow. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm taking a moment to really process yeah. a poor, a sixteen-year-old well, girl like going through that, and then her very best friend, who's her, sounds like her sister, her soul sister. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, like they made you... a TV movie about us, and then her parents tried to sue me just to make it even crazier. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I don't. Well, and then I got to laugh because I have this negative review on Amazon that breaks my heart where, and, and I talk about this a lot, you don't want to compete in the hardship Olympics, but I do have a hater who's like, how you privileged white woman, you've never been through anything. Oh. How dare you give happiness advice? And it, it cuts my soul because I never want to be like, well, then this happened and then this happened. But like, we all have pain, Everybody right? Everybody does. And the key is learning to make your mess your message and, and, and allowing 
that hurt to propel you to good i think okay so the thing is it's funny like you we 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 all i think have a tendency to do that we give such a light to these dark people and i've gotten to an age where even when you just recited the his or her negative review um i just see the darkness and the toxicity in someone's soul that would feel the need to that you that's where you'd spend your time to write and i actually feel sad but it makes me not want to be around people like that exactly but yeah everyone i mean that yeah you can't take away anyone's pain that's the biggest mistake and like brushstroke and judge and i i just and then the family of course they sued you oh my goodness i'm sorry i mean really megan like i i'm having um uh, wow i wonder okay so you're showing me that you're someone who's this is the cliche who's always taking the lemons and making lemonade um i think that that's hard for a lot of people so I want Kevin, to ask, can I just tell you this? When my dad died, yeah. I said, when life gives you lemonade, lemons, you buy the matching backpack. I bought myself a backpack, <laughs> a Mark Jacobs backpack with lemons on it. I and that. I carried it around. And I was like, you know what? When life gives you lemons, you buy the matching backpack. Yeah. And I walked around with that fucking backpack for a year. I, I mean, again, just. It's in my closet still. And it, and it makes like, it was just like armor for me. Mm. The book, during my intense grief the book is the recharged life i'm just saying there's just so many of these gems that are in there like we can't it would probably take like 10 episodes to cover all of it but i want to say what were the things you think your mom and dad did with you as a kid that okay clearly some of it maybe led to the anorexia but then the resilience in this resourcefulness was that just something inherited in you or did they get were those things that were planted in you through your child rearing? Because I would love to know as someone who wants to be a parent, I'm sure there's other parents out there that would want to know because, you know, the way you found a way to do deal with all this stuff, I'm always blown away by people on this show who come on and have these journeys. And I, I, then I want to know, like, is it a DNA thing or is it like environment? Like, and if it's environment, then I want to know because I want to be able to share that with other people. Well, I can, I can say, I think, the biggest thing for me was my father was my biggest cheerleader. Um, I really always felt like everything was always possible because he was cheering me on. And it was like, if I came home, you know, with, you know, an essay hung it on the fridge and gave me a high five, I, I would make these cards. They were called mega cards and they were like homemade DIY cards with punny messages that, my dad thought were hysterical and and like kept a pile of them saved up for like so for me I felt encouraged right when I got my first newspaper article he collaged it in the basement then I got my first magazine or he collaged it in the basement if you were to go down the basement on Buxton Road it was just like all of our accomplishments collaged so I didn't ever feel pressure to do those things but I felt celebrated when I did and that was a really nice feeling it's what i miss most about my dad now um and my best friend knows it like all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me i've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know i am focused on my health these days and i think i found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor and it's definitely become my go-to it first came into the house because of kevin he was obsessed with wonderful pistachios and then i got addicted and now it's in my travel bag i don't leave home without it it's in our glove compartments because they don't melt right now my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor it feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. When I would go on a TV show or something, my dad would be the first one to call me like, you rocked it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You should, you should be the host, you know? And so my best friend does that for me now. Like right. I'll, I'll get off live with Kelly and Ryan and, and my, my girlfriend, Heather will be like, you were awesome. That's Your great. dad's smiling. And yeah. it, and it's, it's just that it's just having that cheerleader realizing that everything's always possible with it, with, with a cheerleader and celebrated, not pressured. Yeah. It was always so I never felt like I had to do anything. But I, but I was excited to do more and, and excited to be celebrated. Um, and I also grew up in a very celebratory home. And it's something that I've created for my own family that we always holidayed hard, right? There were always decorations. You know how much I love Christmas, yes. Kev. Like yep. there was always a holiday explosion. Um, and, there, and there was it was always a very creative environment. I can remember my mom just taping paper to the kitchen wall and giving us paintbrushes. And, and like there was just, there was always just, an appreciation for expressing yourself and celebrating and birthdays like you would come down on there would be homemade signs everywhere and balloons and it was like it wasn't about the gifts it was about the celebration um and and making sure that the people you know um they they knew you you were loved you knew you were loved and then the final thing i'll say and and i've really done this with my own family was that we were treated like a team my dad called us the circle of five um and it was, we always felt like one for all and all for one. And that we were really part of this team working together. And, you know, I say that I call my family team Murphy. We've all got different strengths and weaknesses. My husband and I are co-captains. Yeah. Um, his role on the team, he cooks because he's better at it and he enjoys it. I clean because I find it therapeutic and it's like yeah. a moving meditation for me. You know, everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses. Um, Brooks is like an expert laundry folder. I taught him how to fold socks and he helps me with the dryers. And like, you know, Charlie started walking the dog and that's like, so everybody has their different skill sets, but it is Team Murphy. And when I yell for my kid, I yell Team Murphy and everybody comes running. Um, If one person's in trouble, everybody's kind of in trouble because we function like a team. My favorite part about this is that I've seen my friends and, and family mirror this. So like I talk about it in the book, there was one Christmas where I got like 10 cards that came from team Di Martina, team Sororo, yes. team Nathanson. Yes. And I was like, yes, that's like the biggest compliment is that other people are now treating their families like a team. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, I'm going to, but I've always felt that I just never named it, but yeah. I, I've always yeah. seen like in families, by the way, in companies, any like group, like it, it, team and everyone has a role. Now it doesn't mean you have to be forced into that role, but like, I love that you're giving your kids purpose. You're giving them tasks. You're get, you see what I see in a lot of families is just the, the teamwork's left on the mother or the father or both. And the kids yeah. just get a free pass and they want, and you wonder why they're, you know, they, they can't function much outside of the home and they're, you know, and the parents are exhausted. Um, and the kids aren't grateful because they, you know, they haven't gotten their well, hands dirty. And, and, you know, gratitude is non-negotiable in this house. I think gratitude Ooh, is the secret me, sauce. Tell me life. about this. Gratitude is not negotiable. Yeah. Tell it, me. 
So I, I always say we got to do a, take a gratitude adjustment um, and live with an attitude of gratitude. And my kids will go around saying to me, mom, I know, I know, have an attitude of gratitude, not just because it rhymes. It's super important. Gratitude is absolutely the secret sauce in life. And it is the cure for everything, including FOMO, right? If you appreciate what you have, if you pause to appreciate everything you do have, everything you get to do in life, you'll, you'll, you'll never be, and there's no happy people are grateful, right? Like yeah. the, the two are inextricably linked. You can't be happy if you're not grateful. Um, and when I need to reset, it's often because I need to pause to appreciate something. Mm. What do I do with the yay list? So I ask my family, what made you say yay today? It's a fun filtered way of practicing gratitude because I felt like all the research is clear. You need to practice gratitude, but keeping a gratitude journal for me felt too homeworky. And I'm not good at anything that feels homeworky. Um, and so what we do in my house is that we ask each other, what made you say yay today? And, and in, in effect, it's a fun filtered gratitude journal, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what made me say yay today? Oh my gosh, the sun comes out now at 617. And so I can go for a run before my family's up. Yay! Oh my gosh, the daffodils on Daffodil Hill are in full bloom. And I took a picture. Yay! Nice. Like, what are those things? And if, if I'm pausing to appreciate those things, my day's not going to suck. Got it. I love that. Okay. All stuff we can practice. Okay. So what is, tell me about the positive energy boomerang. Well, that, and, and I talk about this all the time. Like, so energy is contagious, right? I mean, and that's the problem. There's so much negativity out there that that can be an insane drain. Good energy is the same. Good energy is contagious. I talk about you guys in the book and a sunshine, sunshine committee yeah. surrounding yourself with people that feel like sunshine. Because that energy feeds off each other, right? All of that is like that, 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 that I mean, it's, it's palpable. My skin gets prickly when I'm around an asshole. Like I can feel yes. an asshole. You're right, because you're right? sensitive. So we, 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 Kelsey, we had some experiences back east. And yeah, it's been tough for us because we're moving, renovating, and keeping people alive. And, you know, there was, we had some people in the house and, Kelsey was like, Kevin, it's because we're all so sensitive that this dark clearly is, mm. it, that's why it's bringing everybody down. You feel it. You feel it. And so, oof, yeah, I even feel it as I think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. and I, But then the two, the kindness boomerang, I, I feel like I talk about it, I think I talk about it this way. Um, I talk about so many things. Sometimes I'm not even sure what I was talking about. But um when you do an act of kindness, it always comes back to you. And sometimes in the most unexplained and craziest ways, but but the energy you put out is the energy you get back. Yes, no, it's really true. I I think it's really hard though for people to prune the garden, you know, to, mm -hmm. to weed the garden. Do you feel like you're always weeding your garden? If people, meaning it, like in terms of bring, turning the soil over, bringing in new people and maybe people that are no longer align with your beliefs or make you feel good or whatever or toxic and you do you well, pandemic has been really good for that because right <laughs> you yeah. just i mean it's been like the great the great life edit right like okay i can't see people who do i miss who don't i right i mean for me it was like okay we were on lockdown for how many months who do you miss who do you miss seeing like that's this makes it very clear who filled your bucket and who didn't um and i don't waste energy on toxic friendships, energy vampires, things that don't fill me. Um, I ain't got time for that shit, right? Like I, I do it. I do a pretty consistent edit. And how often do you, are you, do you, do you edit? I do. Um, I've only had to do 
one dramatic edit um, where I was like, this is just not working. I don't like who I am with this person. Right. Um, I don't like who I become, right? Like you, you imagine you're, you're with someone and all of a sudden you're gossiping and you're like, wait a second, I am gossiping. I don't gossip. I'm getting, I'm getting pulled Ooh. into this negativity because yeah. here's the thing. Negativity loves company, yes, right? It does. And yes, it does. the second you hear somebody talking smack, it's very easy to just get stuck in that. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I just talk shit too. Who am I? Because you want that, you want that, you know, validation. Right. I, and, and it's funny, I, I think looking at, I don't think people have perceived the pandemic as the great life at it. I think that's genius. And what we keep seeing on the show here is an awareness that our guests, our experts have that the rest of us don't have. So you're aware enough to go, okay, pandemic, this is the great life at it. Now I can assess who gives me energy, who doesn't. But most of us mm -hmm. don't do that. We just power through. Yeah. We just white knuckle through everything. And I think it's so I love it. Look at look at looking at the pandemic like a like a life at it. And now all of us can look back in these times and say, well, who really gave us energy? Yeah. Who didn't? Who who do we miss? Who do we maybe don't miss so much? Yeah. I don't think I call it the, the pandemic pause. And, and and a pause in life is so powerful, right? And yeah. it gives you this chance to decide who you want it to be when the world pushed go again. Mm. Who do you want to be when the world pushes go again? It's a choice. It is a choice. Wow. Um, I don't know why I can't get the 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 your childhood experience out of my brain. You yeah. you leave this high school, and uh, do you end up ever seeing going to any reunions or reconnect with any of your classmates? I mean, I would think that you grew up with these people. That must have been hard too. Well, you know, it's kind of neat, Kev, I, and I love how the world kind of. I love how the I love the energy of the world. It's. it's I am actually going to be doing a book talk um, for um, Summit Medical commissioned by someone who I went to high school with, who's now like the organizes their book talks, et cetera, et cetera, with a bunch of the girls who I went to high school with who I haven't seen in 30 years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I've seen any of them in 30 years and I'm doing a, I'm doing a book talk because they all read the book and were really moved by the book and are really obviously chiefly aware of my transformation and are like obsessed with the book. And so I'm doing this book talk for like 250 women, but it will also be these these 20 or so women I went to high school with and haven't seen since I was 16. 
So, and so more than so that's I can't do math that well, but that's like more than 30 years. right? Yeah. And also, like, you know, we're not considering or may, maybe you have the trauma on them. I'm sure I right? consider that I and I think about it too now I think about the trauma my sister and I are 18 months apart my brother I'm married to my brother's best friend my brother like this was their big sister I mean yeah. my brother was the one who had to tell me like he had to be the one that relayed the information that oh my gosh she's gone because the parents had called and he called me it was like a weird chain of command but my brother was my young brother I was 16, he was 13 year old, was the one who had to give me the news, wow. which was, I can't fathom what that was like for no. him to have to deliver that. Oh my goodness. Poor and it's surreal, like a TV freaking movie. It was a lifetime movie, unauthorized lifetime movie. <laughs> and then to get served with court papers from her parents who at first wrote me these beautiful letters, like we support you, she loved you, yeah. you gotta get through this, now are suing me for having written about it and talked about it because I wrote, I got one wrote the essay and then I was in YM magazine and, and then they tried to sue me. It, it was. Did they win the suit by the way? No, I didn't think so. No. You know, they were poorly advised. They needed someone involved in their yeah. life to say, you've already lost one daughter and now mm -hmm. you're going to put more darkness where you should embrace yeah. your second daughter. Like this, this person yeah. is what's left. Part yeah. of your baby is still in this, yeah. Anyway. And then she died of the mother then died of breast cancer and yeah. made my heart explode. I mean, it was a lot, a lot of darkness and tragedy. And yeah, amazing. a lot. It's, it's easy for me to sort of look back because I'm such a different person and I'm in such a different place. Um, and it's, and I think the cool thing about resilience is looking back at hard things you've overcome is one of the easiest ways to get through new hard things, Ooh, you know? Like so that. it's like I when I got COVID, okay, I'm a person who does hard things. Let me look back to three hard things I've been through. Oh, yeah, survived my my father's death. You know, okay, I survived a lawsuit, hospitalizations, my best friend's suicide. Like, it, I'm a person who does hard things. But I think a lot of people have, and I don't think that they look back enough to say, hey, we made it through this, like piece of cake. And you'll do it again. It And it's, it's a proven, it's a research proven strategy. Flashing back to hard things you've done helps you get through hard things in the future and the now. Wow, I like that technique. Um, how do we become the boss of our brains? <laughs> I, wanna... I mean, it's, it takes a lot of reframing. I think you, you have to boss your brain around a bit, um, but it's like reframing things. So like when I got COVID, I don't say, why me? I say, why not me? When I have to do the laundry, I don't say I have to do the laundry. I say, I get to do the laundry. It's really cognitive reappraisal. It's, it's changing the way you think about things, changing the way you look at things and reframing what's lame. And reframing what's lame. Yes. So basically what I say is what, what I'm good at and what I think the book is good at is fun filtering science, right? If I told you cognitive reappraisal really works, you'd be like, oh yeah, cognitive. But if I say reframe what's lame, here's how you do it. The advice sticks. It makes it more actionable. Okay. I want to give you news you can use in a fun filtered way. Okay, so how do we reframe what's lame? That that so that's the trick. You can take any situation and kind of silver lining it. It's it's sometimes as simple as changing have tos to get tos, um, yeah. why me's to why not me's, right? In any situation, how do you look at it differently? Gotcha. By the way, I'm proud of myself because a lot of the stuff I practice, Megan.
Well, I, that's why I like, I mean, that's why we gravitate toward each other, right? Oh, I mean, we need more of you. Is it true that the, that it, did the mayor of the town rename a street after you guys? Is that, is, did I hear <laughs> no, that? I, no, they did it. They do it in, they rename our street during Halloween, but it's not, it's only for Halloween. And what do they name it? We, we do the Adams Fest and the Adams Family. So all of the street names have Adams Family. <laughs> <in it. laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, so do you guys go crazy with the Christmas lights, too? The neighborhood? We go crazy for everything. I know my you do. Ha Halloween was insane. This like, insane because I did it for the Today Show and I photographed it for the magazine. Mm -hmm. So my Halloween house was the sickest thing that ever happened. <laughs> it was the sickest thing that ever happened. And then Christmas was still epic. But because Halloween was so insane... It didn't seem as insane. Now, does Team Murphy, do they pitch in with the cleanup? Because the cleanup is the hardest part for me. It's the most it depressing. Oh, my God. Yes. Right. We have decoration days. Um, and sometimes they roll their eyes on decoration day because putting it away is not as much fun as taking it out. Right. Um, but, yes, they, they, they're into it. Team Murphy holiday is hard. And, and they, they're, my daughter is now 10. My middle guy is nine. And then my baby is seven. Oh, so they yeah they're young, but what what a great way to learn! And by the way, you can make those days fun too. I'm sure you have oh, like yeah. great food that day, right? Like you make it a that's part of the party. I, my house is a party. I feel like people come and they don't want to leave. <laughs> you know what I used to always say too? We would we we would have big events at After Buzz My Network. Sometimes it'd be three, four, up to six hundred people at the house, and um, and I would say to the you know the the hosts that would help me set up. And I would teach them, like, listen, you know, when you're doing the school play, it's the building of the sets and set that you look back. That's actually the most fun, more than the play. It's exactly. and, and even the cleanup. It's like so we used to call. Yeah. For the clean the day after it's almost like a wrap up show. You're cleaning up and oh my God, can you believe this one? This one got so drunk and like that was amazing. <laughs> and I wish this one, no, this one showed up. I didn't expect. So, but again, unfortunately, we just perceive that it's all about the, the, the party or just seeing the lights and we don't, we take away the, how much fun the actual like prep is and the bonding. So when you get everyone together to like set up, we had a wedding here last year for one of our hosts in uh, on this property. And I will say it was so much fun setting up. And then even the day after the wedding, like hours after the bride and groom were there with all their friends, we made like a big breakfast. Everyone's putting things away and the same thing, like half hung over and being like, oh my God, like this was great. And yeah, I think that people, again, it's what you make it, but you can make that stuff so fun. And I think that's what you're always doing is you're always finding a way to put the fun into this stuff these are the things I talk about in the book too. It's like all of those things have these like power to recharge you. Right. So like something like decorating or putting flowers in your house or like hanging a wreath on the door, like that can just be the little lightning bolt of energy you need to get unstuck. Right. If you are really feeling beaten down and unmotivated and drained, it can sometimes be that tiny little thing deciding tomorrow is taco Tuesday and you're going to go hard. Right. Just that one little thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe that leads to the next little thing. Make your damn bed, you know, dress the way you want to feel. I call it dopamine dressing. Like I'm wearing my lightning bolt jacket because it makes me feel fully charged. So that's dope dopamine dressing. I like I coined that term. I, I, I call it dopamine dressing, dressing the way you want to feel. It's like 
how do you want to feel? Are you going to a funeral or a party, right? I don't wear black because I'm always going to a party. I want my life, I want to dress the part. Wow. I love that. Megan, can we talk about FOMO? She already yeah. told you how to do it, no, but no, she already we, told you how to beat FOMO. You missed it. No, I Thank listened. God I'm here taking I notes. I listened. I wrote it down, but I want to get more into yeah, it. Yeah, Maria's massive FOMO. Attitude of Kelsey gratitude. has massive oh. FOMO. Help us with FOMO. <laughs> okay, well, and I had to tell my mom, FOMO means fear of missing out because some some generations don't know that FOMO yeah. is the fear of missing out. And I think it's, it's interesting. And I, I really truly believe gratitude is the antidote for FOMO because if you are absolutely present and appreciating exactly what you have and who you are and who you're with, then, then it really doesn't matter what somebody else has or what someone else is doing or where someone else is, right? And if you do start to experience FOMO, to me, it's a gift, right? If I'm scrolling vacation pictures and I'm looking at someone and I'm, and I'm have these pangs of FOMO, it means maybe I need to book a vacation. If I'm scrolling and I, like whatever it is that you feel like you're missing out on is about maybe something you need. Ooh. And maybe that just is you're not appreciating what you already have. Or maybe that it's a sign that you need to, to fill your life with more of that. Mm. Does I that help like you? that. That does help yeah. me. I, I talk about this in the book. There was a time where I, I knew a couple of families were having a picnic and I was like, oh, we were snuggled up on the couch. We were having a good Sunday, but then I'm scrolling Instagram and I see these other families are having a picnic. And for a minute I was like, <gasps> I'm missing out. What the hell? Like, and then I was like, wait a second. What am I like? Am I mad that I don't have plans? Like, is that the signal to me that I should have made plans or I didn't make plans? As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Or can I just be grateful for the fact that I'm snuggled up on the couch with Team Murphy? Right. Why isn't that enough? It is enough. Right. FOMO gone. See, it sounds like I need to book a trip to Mexico. That's Maybe what I'm need hearing. need to go to Mexico. <laughs> Kevin's rolling his eyes. <laughs> That's Maria's answer to everything. Except when Maria <laughs> comes back, it's nothing's changed. It's like... Well, tell me about the um, the health charge toolkit. So the, so the book is kind of broken down into different chapters. So you can kind of dip in wherever you need to. The health charge chapter is really important to me. And that talks about moving your body and protecting your sleep. And I think that's really, really important to me. Movement is medicine, right? All the science is unequivocal. If you don't move your body, um, you're going to, you have to move your body. It's non-negotiable. Um, and you need to protect your sleep. And I think that people really benefit from putting themselves on a sleep schedule. The same way you sleep train a child, you can sleep train yourself. I go to bed by 10, 17, um, and I wake up by 5.03. And it, it's a, it's a very consistent schedule. I don't need to set an alarm. 
I don't need to sleep more than that on the weekends, although maybe I'd lay in bed and snuggle a little bit, but I don't need more sleep than that. I, I have kind of programmed my sleep schedule. And I think it's very important for everyone to sleep train in the same way. Your clock might be different. Maybe you go to bed at one in the morning and sleep till noon, whatever that is, but you need to have a consistent routine and you need to be kind of vigilant about it until it establishes a real nice habit and manage your circadian rhythms. And is it true an extra hour of sleep is linked with a 16% bump in salary? Yes, people are more productive. You're, you're more productive when you're happy. Great. And we'll rest it. Okay, that's where I uh, I have not slept in decades. So I need to Well, and I think people that. wear like the no sleep thing as a badge of honor. Like, I don't sleep. I only sleep three hours. Totally. I'm like, wait a second. No, you mm -hmm. protect your sleep. Be proud of your sleep. Mm -hmm. Sleep hard. Sleep train. Yeah. I remember when Matthew McConaughey was on and we asked him about his non-negotiables. And he was like, oh, like I, if I don't get nine hours, I'm out. And I was like, I love that because anyone else would be like, you assume Matthew McConaughey is like sleeps five hours. He's constantly hustling. He's like, no, yeah, no I have to yeah. get nine I, hours. I think the 21st century is going to end that, the yeah. glamour behind yeah. all that. Yeah, I totally agree. No, but here's the thing too, is everybody's number is different. Mm. During the yes. beginning of lockdown, I was sleeping too much. I was like, well, I don't have to get up and commute to New York. I don't, I didn't have to get up at 445 or 503 anymore. So I started sleeping till seven and I was really dragging. Like I felt like shit. And I realized that I don't need that extra sleep. And also when I wake up in the morning and no one needs me, there's no slacks, there's no Zooms, there's no DMs, my kids are still sleeping. I love owning my morning. And that extra sleep was wrecking me. Mm -hmm. It was it was draining me. Yeah. So once I put myself back on my sleep schedule, I started to feel better. Yeah, I think it's all about a schedule because I know people that go do the 14 hour sleep marathons, which I and, and not as um, a recharge, but like that's just how they sleep. And I see that they're not very productive no, and they're usually very tired healthy. and moody. And yeah. yeah, you shouldn't need to catch up on sleep, too. You'll know like if if on the weekend you need to sleep, you know, an extra two or three hours to try to make up for what you didn't get during the week, then you're not sleeping enough. Right. Yeah. Wow. Nate, how do you how did you get on that schedule? Like, were there certain things that you did that I don't know made it easier? Because I feel like like I try and get on a schedule, and boy, I mean, maybe I need to be more diligent, but it's hard. Well, you you know, and your your schedule is crazy, right? Your yeah. life is a little crazy. Yeah. You, I mean, it's you kind of have to police it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you really have to say, okay, sorry guys, like this is when I shut off. Yeah. Like it's just when I shut off and like maybe the exception is, you know, like someone's getting married or like there's some epic thing that you don't want to miss out on. But for the most part, if you really police it consistently and there's all different kinds of research about habit formation, yeah. I really personally believe that 19 days cements a habit. Some people say it's 21 days. Some people say it's yeah. 60 the research is is spotty on habit formation, but for me, I think if you do anything for 19 days, it begins. I saw that with training people for the self challenge. If they were able to keep up with me for 19 days, it it developed habit. You know, it's so funny. I feel like with the pandemic, um, there's been so many things that have we've gone beyond 19 days without that are now. I will say that even about movie watching, I was a big yeah. movie watcher, and I was telling Kelsey now it's like. I'm finding myself YouTube, TikTok, like I'm finding, and then when I have a movie, I'm picking up my phone and I'm like, okay, I'll just, and yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I think even for something like that, you know, that's, 
happen. So nothing to do with this show, but I do think that yeah, it, 19 days isn't long. No. So if you can do that, you know. But it's specific too. I think specificity for me helps connect to uh, habit formation. Ah. So like being specific on what it is you want to, yeah. what habit I mean, you want to break. Exactly. And also like I go to bed at 1017, I wake up at 503. I think about 19 days. I think specificity helps you connect to getting it done. I just found that with training people. I did this self-challenge for nine years and hundreds of thousands of women. And it's just, those were the things that started to work. So if I said 21 days, three weeks, for some reason it didn't stick as much as like 19 days because it seems like there's secret sauce there, right? Mm -hmm. 19 days. It's easier to wrap your head around specifics. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Like that. Um, talking about and you know, going back to you know, how do we? A lot of people look at have traumas and uh, and look and they those traumas kind of cripple them the rest of their lives. And but you talk mm -hmm. about um, the way to build resilience in life is actually to look at those traumas and to find the positives out of them. Can can you go a little deeper on that? Yeah, and, and it's counterintuitive, right? I mean, I will talk about my father's death as a gift. Um, my dad died of stage four pancreatic cancer. How could that possibly be a gift? Um, it was a gift in that I got to try on the idea of losing him. I got to try on that idea and I got to sit with him and I got to ask him what his legacy would be. You know, if he had died in a car crash, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. And so there, there is, there are, there are gifts in all adversity and it can be extremely difficult to unwrap them. But, but when you do, it makes it easier to move forward and to get unstuck. Right. I mean, it, with yours, it almost seems obvious where you've got this master trauma at 16, but that propels you into your writing mm -hmm. career and this amazing successful career. So it's easy to, 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 to again, some, um, looking at it from a distance it looks easy to see that with you i think with other people it's harder to mm -hmm. see it but it's always there i've always yeah. been able to say to people hey you know like for for you wouldn't be you wouldn't have this or that if you didn't go through that exactly. experience and sometimes for people the way it can connects is sort of finding the purpose in whatever the hardship is so for instance when i had COVID, and i reframed it so it's not why me? It's now why not me? Okay, so what's my purpose in, in going through this illness? I mean, I had COVID, my three kids, my 71-year-old mom and my husband, three weeks before my book launch. Sucks, right? But if I can connect that to purpose, well, okay, I know Dr. Daria, CNN medical correspondent who's brilliant and knows a lot about um, COVID. I'm going to tap her as a resource and I'm going to share with my audience and my followers how to build a COVID recovery kit. And I'm going to use that to road test all the strategies in my book. And I, you know what? There's this stigma around COVID in my in my hometown. Pa parents and families were like lying about it when they had it because they didn't want to be seen as co having COVID. I'm like, you know what? Okay, the other purpose in this for me is to destigmatize COVID. I'm going to wear my scarlet letter C loud and proud, and I'm going to destigmatize it for other families so they can get help and healing. Um, and just assigning my struggle purpose made it easier to stomach. I love that assigning purpose. And then, you know, this is another one too, and probably the, we can wrap it on this, but the grass is greener mentality. I know 
a lot of people look at the their neighbors um, even just in social media and they say oh they have it so amazing they look so much better or they it, you know how do you how do you deal with that gratitude mm. gratitude fixes that too right because here's the thing like gratitude is such magic I mean, just if you just spent one day practicing gratitude, like really, really pausing to appreciate what's going on in your life, you you it just changes you. It changes the way you carry yourself. It changes the way you interact with others because what you have is enough. No matter what someone else has is what you have is enough. And once you realize what you have is enough, you're okay. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing is like some say, I don't have enough, but I think you're right. If you just go to what you do have that you should be grateful for. Yeah. We all have something. There's some, there, everybody has something, you know? and and like that's the thing. It's like, what is your yay? It doesn't have to be big and sweeping. It can be small, like, yay! I have pink glasses. I appreciate my pink glasses. That right. makes it look like I'm wearing makeup, even though I have no beauty skills. Right? Like, it can be anything. Yeah, and and I think for me, what's helped us thinking of the people that don't have the pink mm -hmm. glasses, don't yeah. have glasses at all exactly can't like, see how lucky am i i have my eyesight right you know i again i have the luxury of middle age to to share this but um i probably didn't subscribe to it when i was younger but now it's all always about well god look what we have look where we ended up like look you know um yeah. so many great things in this book megan and like we so i'm so grateful we're friends so grateful that we could have you on the show the book is the uh your fully charged life. Thank you. Your fully charged life, and uh, it's available on Amazon and wherever you get. By the way, look, I love the colors too. Did you pick Thank up the you. colors? Yeah, and then I got a tattoo on my wrist to match the bolt. Of course you did. <laughs> yes, okay. I did. Wow. Well, Megan, there, th there's so much in this book. I think for people that even just goes beyond, um, how do you get more energy out of life? I think there's, and especially now during the pandemic, I think this is a, a great read, for um for people out there that want to come out of this all in a better way because who doesn't want to right i mean like we all feel mm -hmm. like we're coming out of it in a worse way i'm of the belief that it just is what it is and i think that there's a lot of better that can it's come out of all this yes and it's an opportunity and resets are can be cool yeah don't you like it when you hit the reset button everything's clean and we start fresh exactly you know that's how exactly. i see it anyway megan b murphy we love you and we will as we say in Boston, we will see you shortly. Shot. You know what? <laughs> I think I think we need you to take us on a tour a tour of Sturbridge Village. Yes. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <gasps> Kevin and I have been wanting to go. Megan's our perfect person. Right? Have you what? been Have you been to Sturbridge Village? Really? No. What is it? Oh, I don't know. It's in Connecticut, and like I remember just going as a little kid. It was like everyone dressed from like the 1700s. <laughs> <gasps> oh my I can't god! I can't believe you haven't of Sturbridge Village. You're in Connecticut, right? No, Jersey. Oh, Jersey. That's probably why. Jersey. I, Jersey. So, because we have our friend taking us. And then to, I go like this and beat my chest because I'm so Jersey. So maybe, we, and so with you, no, let's go to the t-shirt store from the Jersey Shore. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. She'll take us to that and we'll get some gelato and then we'll stay and we'll rage at the clubs. <laughs> yes. I'll unfortunately have to get beat up, but I'm going to take it for the team to <laughs> be you. part of the experience. And that's, that's it. That's amazing. And that's it. Love it. Yay. <laughs> Megan, we love you and we will definitely. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely talk to you soon. Well. Well. That, that will give you a little inside, in, little inside baseball here. But uh, usually um, we say goodbye to our guests 
and then we do this close and uh they generally turn into coaching sessions yeah they have a sense you've been on yeah so um but it's great though uh, yeah it's just i'm really tired now i know now but, you're uh, but she's worth it because she's a she's a great uh person and um what great takeaway I know. I yeah. mean, I really think for me, the one major thing is the is gratitude. And I liked what she said, too, because I'm of the mindset that I also won't do stuff if it sounds like homework. It's like, OK, gratitude journal sounds like homework. But the like the little gratitude list or even just taking right. up like if you feel out of whack, like pausing and just taking that moment yes. it doesn't need to be every day. It doesn't need to be every week. It's when you feel out of whack, then you go to that place. Pause. So I really liked that. So much of it goes back to. All the guests on our shows who've been saying about taking that pause, having that awareness. Yeah. And then I remember, um, what was it? Randall, Lala, Lala, Randall Emmett's wife. Kent. You yeah. Know, Lala Kent was like, you know, she was, I think she goes to bed with, uh, she goes to bed with, she makes a list of what she's grateful for for that day. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up with a list of intentions. Mm. But yeah, so much of it does go back to gratitude. And I think, I know we talked about on Regular Guy Friday, I will remind people what they need to be grateful for in those moments and no matter how logical it sounds it's like they're so stuck in the swamp that they don't want to yeah you have to realize it yourself that's what i think well, someone can t- i mean someone can I tell think you that, yes and i but i think there's a kelsey we again we talked about it on on regular guy mm-hmm. friday was how so many people are like it's so habitual uh, to be negative yeah well, that was something else Megan talked about in the book is that like your brain automatically goes to the negative. Mm. Like our brains aren't really wired to go to the positive when we're born. They are. But ne- then we've been trained to go to the negative. Right. So she talked about that in the book and how it's kind of like a retraining because we do. We always go to the negative. We always go to the negative. Uh-huh. Well, we, you know, a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a human nature thing I'm finding. And then mm-hmm. when someone tries to reset you, pause, it's like, no, no, no. They're still going, right? And still spewing well, out the negative. Uncomfortable and the whole, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and I do think that when you can get to a place of positivity, or you can have a more positive mindset, I think that it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's hard. It's really hard. I think it's hard to. It's really hard when you're, you know, we. I, it's really hard when you're in environments too, um, that are not positive, whether it's your family or a work environment. Now, notice when we brought up the work thing, she is pretty resilient about it where she's like, no, that's a, more about you not about me. And I, there might be a grain in what you're saying mm-hmm. about maybe your negativity is something I can alter myself. So let me look at that. Yeah. And if I can, I will. And if, and if that's not true, then that's on you and I move on. I think her surviving what she survived, her best friend committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I think that gave her that, greater perspective of like hey um you know i'm not gonna sweat you it's almost like you know yeah yeah, i don't know if you've been around well you you actually love older people but you ever know so older people don't like elderly people don't they don't give a shit they don't give a that's why i love they've just outlived all of it and be like that's why i was older people and kids they could care less and i'm like wow we need to have that mentality right so Mm -hmm. you know she survived enough and saw her traumas in the right way where she lets it bounce off her and i think but that's the hard thing is you're in this job you're trying to pay bills yeah uh you can't get rid of it and everyone is just so dark and i mm. but i do think as i've seen the people who could deal with it they they were the ones who just knew it was like your darkness is about you 
nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're going to be miserable. You're going to be mm-hmm. angry. Like, okay, that's that's yours. That's not mine. Well, and I think, too, her past, obviously, yeah, made her strong. But, I mean, even she mentioned it. Like, she's like, I'm a very sensitive person. Like, it's yeah. it's something she's really had to work on. And that connected yeah. with me because I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, my God, if someone doesn't like me, that's, like, the end of my world. Yeah. And that's, like, ridiculous. But it's something no, that No, but it's also – but your sensitivity and mine, it's also yours and Maria's. It's what also makes you great and mm-hmm. Megan, too. Mm-hmm. So when you're that sensitive, you're that aware. Mm-hmm. You're very intuitive and, like, right. you know, and right. you're, you're empathetic. You're, you're, you, you feel – you anyway. So there's a lot of good that comes out of it, but it's, like – putting up a little of that gel. Anyway, there's so many good techniques in the yeah. book um, to help. So once again, yeah, another day of class here at Better Together. That's right. Um, where I learned a lot. And, um, Me too. Yeah, I think it was great. But um, I don't know, Kelsey, until then, what do we say? Oh my gosh, until then, you guys, we uh, be nice people, make good choices, be present, and I would just like to give Winchenza a shout out. Okay. Because she did so well she behaved this today. entire yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, Chanza, Daddy loves you. Yeah, she did so well. So she did really that's well. all I have to say. All right, you guys. I love you guys. We'll see you. See you tomorrow. See you later, Gator. Hey, Hill Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.